Kiora. Koto everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Um, it's July. It is a Thursday. I literally have to think every day what day are we on. Um, and I'm here with the lovely Fiona Fraser, who is, you're in the Hawke's Bay, hey? I am. And uh, she is founder of Contentment Agency, but was at the helm um, and was the editor of Australian Women's Weekly and New Zealand Women's Weekly for a long time. Uh, and you are a PR and content content consultant. That's a, yeah, that's a mouthful for a Thursday <laughs> morning. Um, how are you? How the bloody hell are you? And thank you so much for your email. It was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. I've been listening to your podcast now for oh, since lockdown, I suppose, and thought, you know, you're doing such a great job. And I love the variety of women you have on there. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, yeah, very well. Waiting for a friend to fly in actually this morning from Auckland, who I haven't seen since. Oh, Christmas. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And how's the Hawks Bay? You So it was... It's pretty. It's been pretty cold here the past couple of days. Yeah, freezing, freezing. But we are, I think, really lucky here because we get those really crisp mornings, and then um, they clear into those beautiful days. So yeah, just stunning living in this part of the world. And yeah. you too, were you? Just gorgeous. Oh yeah, so I've been. I haven't been up there probably for about five years, but I was blown away by how beautiful it was up there. I need to get up there again. Um, in oh, terms of, of lock, in terms of lockdown and your business um mm. and i've talked to lots of kind of pr kind of pr writers bloggers in that world um how, how was that for you did you did you have a did you have a pity party in bed for a week because i did <laughs> <laughs> no not quite but to be honest to begin with i just went into survival mode and sort of wanted to make sure that all the clients I still had because some had released their external marketing spend and I'd been ditched. But the ones that I still had, I really wanted to make sure I was offering value to them. So there was a lot of ringing around and making sure that they had everything they needed from me. Um, and if there was anything that they did need that I could provide it to them. But then I think what happened, that was sort of like the first couple of weeks, it's just kind of survival. And then I think when Bauer closed um, and made the announcement that they were shutting their New Zealand operation, I really, I really crashed, like it affected me so much. I still feel really emotional when I think about it because I felt a little bit, having been an editor there and worked my way through the ranks at Bauer um, under some amazing leaders and just such an amazing talent pool in that place, I really felt like a part of my identity had almost been taken from me, yeah. you know, like a part of my world had disappeared and it was drowning. and. And therefore, I felt a bit like I was drowning. And then from a PR point of view, I had all these questions in my mind, like, well, where am I going to tell my stories? And where are my clients going to get the exposure that they need from me? Like, that's a huge part of um, what a PR person offers is the ability to tell stories in magazines. And if magazines are gone, then that's a huge portion of um, your, you know, your media, um, where you concentrate your media. It's just disappeared. So I felt really abandoned <laughs> and, and then I had to I was asked to do a couple of radio interviews and things and I sort of had to pull myself together and, and give opinion and comment on on the situation and I was think I was still in shock actually so I'm not sure if I made any sense yeah and listening back because I've listened back to a few of these interviews and gone oh my god like what the complete not different headspace but I think we're still we still haven't sat down and captured individually i think what's got what happened for us because you do you go 
oh shit and then you move you know you divert into well i need to do something else so what do i do and, and that takes longer time for different people um i also mm. did what you do in in that i was thinking about this the other night i went into oh my god where what about my work and then i stopped and I actually thought, hang on, I've got some really amazing relationships with these people that I work with, that I write about, that I promote their stories. Why don't I just stop the work thing and just ask how they are? Yeah. And I did yeah. that. And I, when you do that as well, you open the gates for them to unload a little bit. And then you realise that there's so much worry and concern and anxiety coming out of their workplace. I had one um, CEO ring me and I thought he was ringing me to let me go. I mean, I, I saw the phone, his name flash up on my phone. I thought, here we go. Here's another client who's going to ditch me. Yeah. And immediately, yeah. sorry for myself, basically, picked up the phone and he said, look, I want to have a chat to you about our situation. Uh, yeah, we're losing, we're going to lose a million dollars in the next few weeks and we don't know how long we can afford to pay you. But while we still can afford to pay you, we're going to. And we would like to hear from you, your ideas to help us um, survive and thrive through this time. And it was a really productive conversation. Yeah. And it was really productive meetings and some really productive projects with him and with his business. And, and hearing his pain point was able to give me the opportunity to come up with the ideas for him that could really help him, which therefore helps me and my business survive and thrive too. Yeah. So, just being open to each other as business leaders and business people is really important. Probably totally. the end. I, I absolutely agree. And I also, I've been saying to people, if I, you know, if I had a wand, what, what would you want me to do for you tomorrow? Like, for, like, forget about budget. Just think about what is that little thing that you want me to do? And one, it usually comes back to stories, right? They just want to get yeah. out there what they're doing. But two, it's that thing of I need some direction because I don't have the brain capacity to think about that. And I'm like, well, that's good because that's my job. That's yeah, my job. Exactly. And they kind of go, yeah. okay. Then. So it's like, let's just look at that little piece of work we might be able to do. And it might not be now, it might be in the future, but at least we can start that conversation. Um, yeah. What, what do you, what, if you think about the future of, like magazine because you've been in that what for you what is that is that a thing you think about in the shower do you think what is the future <laughs> of <the> magazine <laughs> well i'm really heartened to see um some progress in that space um in the last couple of weeks i don't know if you've seen the magazine here that's just come out h-e-r-e no. right here on your head um which is uh simon farrell green who was the editor of home magazine one of the bauer magazines yeah he um, had the guts to uh, come out of that terrible situation and pick himself up and start a magazine that is absolutely beautiful. I've yep. not seen anything like it in the market yet in New Zealand, and it's stunning. He's got a great eye. He's got a great. He's a fantastic writer and editor, and he's pulled together uh, some fantastic freelance contributions uh, for the first edition. And I think initially he just thought, look, I've got these ideas, and I want to put them into a magazine format and get it out there and see what people think. And it might just happen the one time, but it'll it'll be a creative outlet for myself. And what's since happened is that people have responded so warmly to it that he now has advertisers coming in and um, you know more content coming in for more editions. So I think it's going to be um, a success for him. And I'm thrilled because it's brilliant. Um, so I think in terms of the overall future of magazines, most of the titles that I uh, 
know of uh, that are in, who have remained in the marketplace here have come through the COVID situation with increased readership, increased subscribers, um, and increased sales at retail because there are so few titles to choose from. People are really keen to support local magazines and put their money into them if they can see them. Um, yeah. So there's probably an opportunity there for other um, content writers and editors to create more magazines and, and, and bring their idea to market. Um, so I'm heartened by that. Um, but yeah, overall, in terms of what's happening with that, it's still a bit of a mystery yeah. what's going to yeah. happen those months. And I'm just hopeful in touching wood, touching everything. That I some know, of those I know, totally. And I love what you said in your email about the whole carte blanche thing. You know, like this, this yeah. is an opportunity for people to just go, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. I've had this idea that's sitting here and I've had to put it off and put it off because all this stuff has been going on and now I can just do it. It's like a friend of mine got, you know, she got laid off and it was really sad and really worrying and she's got to pay her bills. But she said, you know what, this was the kick up the ass I actually needed to go and try this yeah. thing. And if that thing doesn't work, then I'll just try this thing. And then, and then if, you know, and, and I've got... A, we're all right. We've got a roof. We've got some food in the cupboard. Um, I'm actually just going to go, and this is the perfect opportunity to just try stuff. Just try it. Um, and, and that whole thing of you know when you know when people look back at a situation and wish. Like I get I get people saying to me, "Oh, I wish I'd have done a thing that you did." And I said, "Well, I don't think about it. I just it. Well, initially it was a half an hour away from my family that I needed to not talk to them and to just talk to women in my bedroom on my own." Um, but um, but that was it, and it's just rolled. And I said, you know, if it if it comes to nothing, I've at least got a recording of these people at a time that I can look back and go, this is amazing. I can just listen to this for myself. That's it. History. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I think you had Mickey Dew on um one of your podcasts earlier, and she's an example of that too, with her and the other three former Bauer editors who've started Capsule, which is such a great success story, also. And a, a fantastic place to, um, it's a fantastic resource because it's really useful information and useful stories on there. But also, yeah. it's hilarious, you know, it's yeah. filling a need, and I love it. I'm really yeah. pleased. Totally. Um, and so, how, how are you navigating businesses through a, that PR? journey because i know it's i watched a i watched a really funny thing on youtube a couple of weeks ago that said the press release is dead um and and i and i laughed because i was like you know one of those clickbait i want to see what this is and they talked about the whole thing about um so some companies have not shifted and are still doing that traditional model and that's that traditional model still has its place but some people are, are, are really holding on to the way it was but the way mm. also that people like me i suppose can show off PR in inverted commas in a completely different way online. How, mm -hmm. how how's that been for you? What where, what circles around your head about that? It's interesting. Um, that's interesting that you raise that about the press release um, because I think there are only certain circumstances that really warrant a press release. I mean, I'm guilty sometimes of thinking, oh, I'll just do a press release about this, but then I have to really question myself. What is the objective here? Is the objective um, to, I think the objective needs to be super targeted at the moment, you know, really think about what you want to achieve out of your PR. And what I'm doing more and more now, um, particularly post-COVID, is um, workshopping with clients. I've just had a workshop last week where we 
team business owners, marketing managers, um, and a charity director, for instance, in a room, and I'm helping them and talking them through what they could be doing to do their own PR, because you don't always have the budget to spend you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on someone to come and take it off your hands for you, and you might be in a position where you've got a few spare hours a month to really sit down and think about your storytelling opportunities, uh, identify your target audiences, and then go out and, and sell those stories into media yourself. It's not a magic formula. There's no mystery about it, really. And I think in some cases, media are super receptive to um, approaches by businesses themselves and charities and, and marketing managers who work within businesses because there's an authenticity about that, you know, like going in and saying, hey, like, we did this and we've got a little story we'd like to tell. What do you think? That can actually work really well. So I guess my... I've, I hate the word pivot, yeah. I'm going to use it. <laughs> My business, which was pretty much doing all the doing for businesses, and they were paying me to be their PR person, to really taking on that consultancy and mentorship role a little bit more and guiding businesses through um, the process so that they can actually do it themselves. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I, I, I often get businesses who say, and I, I don't do this. I did it right at the start, but I don't do it at all anymore. In a, Can you just take all this social media stuff and just do it for us? And I'm like, well, I could do, but also at some point I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it back. So yeah. if, you're, if you're not completely immersed in what your story is what your values are what your principle is what what your brand looks like what does it who is it as a person what are the colors etc etc then at some point that's going to be created by me and then I'm going to give it back to you and you're going to be in exactly the same position as you were when you asked me so why don't you get one get somebody if you hate it don't do it get somebody who does love doing it and that might be some random person in your business you never didn't even know existed but then have that conversation. And, and also what that will do is allow all of your staff or all of your core people who are part of that conversation to be immersed fully in that story. You know, you'll, you'll all be on the same page. You'll all be consistent. So when they go off at night and sit in a bar and talk about this company they work for, they're saying exactly the same thing that you're saying. And they're like, oh, and then, then it's that excitement again. So let me help you start to tell that story and then I can step away and you're left with all this beautifulness that, you know, the reason why you started it in the first place. That's right. And I, in this workshop last week, there was a great example of that where um, I had two people from one business sitting there and in one part of the workshop, they kind of talk amongst themselves about some story ideas with my guidance. So I've got some hooks that they can maybe think about, you know, is there a seasonality story they could tell? Is there some research they've done that could be a story? All that kind of thing. And I saw the light bulb go on with this yeah. couple, you know. I could, they, they came and they called me over and they were like, Fiona, um, we've got someone within our business who's about to exit, who's spent this many years with us and has achieved all of this stuff. And it was a really compelling story. I can't remember all the details now, of course. But they just had this, this light bulb moment that they could actually talk to the media about this. This was yeah. actually a media story. And they'd never ever gone to the media with a story before. They just didn't think they had anything to say. And they so did. It was amazing, it was so cool. They so do. And people just often need, you know, often need kind of some of it teasing out. And I love that yeah. tease, you know, because it gets people excited again. They come in and they say, oh, I wanna, I wanna like sell these candles. And you're like, no, 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 no. There's more to the reason this, you know, there's the whole story of you at two o'clock in the morning pouring the candles into the pots and the music you have on and the fact that you're, it's your grandma's recipe. And you know, all that stuff 
you, they yeah. often because you're in it you're immersed in it right it's like when i tell the story of me it's like yeah i do this thing and i write these blogs and they're like no 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 <laughs> there's more there's always more sophie who yeah. who are the who are the people you love working with who, who you know when somebody rings you or sends you a message and you go yes. <laughs> oh that's a really good question um well uh, Gosh, I love beauty and body care. So whenever I get a body care or a beauty brand on the phone, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, we're working with a chocolate brand, and that was good fun too, um, particularly for the free samples. Yeah, um, cool, yeah. <laughs> but really, I think at the core of what I enjoy is I love working with businesses that have a lot of energy and are motivated and really look after their team and their staff. Um, if I can see that in a business and see that in a business owner, that gets me pretty excited. Um, if they're bringing their staff members along for the ride, even better, you know, if they've really engaged yeah. with their team. And, um, yeah, I just love forward-thinking, motivated brands. And yeah. particularly, startups are always really fun to work with. Um, of course, they, they, um, there's a huge challenge for startups because it's kind of a crowded space as well. But it's a fun thing to work. It's a fun um, side, side of business to work with. And, man, there's so many creative people in this country like it blows my mind blows my mind and and often they're in you know they're doing a, they're doing one job or role and then you know they go oh yeah and at night I go and do this thing in my back bedroom <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> I've created this thing in the garage I'm just always blown away too by the um, really specific um, little manufacturing um, items that we have in New Zealand. I heard the other day about a guy who apparently lives in Hawke's Bay. I've never met him, but he is the worldwide manufacturer of underwater hockey gear. <laughs> of like, course he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, and so but he's the He's making gazillions because he's the only person in the world that manufactures underwater hockey gear. Oh my, <laughs> my when I'm trying to when I'm trying to picture that, my brain can't. It's going. I can't <laughs> compute. I can't compute. Um, oh god, that's hilarious. So funny. Um, yeah. So uh, bringing it all back to, um, are you ready for your quick fire round? Oh, okay. Yes, I am. Yes. All right. Um, what, what's your favourite hot beverage? Oh, I have a decaf flat white. I just have one a day. That's it. Well done. <laughs> uh, Kindle book or audio? Um, I have recently converted to the Kindle and after loving the smell and the, the sort of tactile nature of books. I now yeah. love the visit of the Kindle, I have to say. I hear you. Um, hot bath or hot shower? Hot shower. Um, a country that you'd visit right now if you could? Oh, um, Italy, that's where we're supposed to be at the moment. Oh, so God. Like so dreamy. <laughs> um, what do you do well? Oh, God, that's a hard question. Could be anything. Connect, <laughs> connect people. Nice answer. Uh, Favourite film? Uh, Lost in Translation. I think I watched it like 20 times. I just love it. And I, my favourite scene is the one at the very end where, um, the, uh, where there's that sort of the whisper on the street and you don't know what's being said. And yeah, Scarlett yeah, yeah. walks away. And I'm just like, what did he say? And I've been, I've Googled it. I've done every, everything in my power to research what he whispers in her ear. 
Well, oh, I found it. I'll send it to you. Oh. I know. And I can't even remember what it is now because I also love that film and I got really back into it this year. I've probably watched it two or three times in the past couple of months because um, I just love her so much. But um, there, um, yeah, I found it in a, I think it's some Japanese um, like mystical statement that he says well it's it's not a it's not a deaf definitive answer but um oh. somebody's somebody's been able to tell what it is anyway i'll send it to you um one album that you'd have to listen to for the rest of your life um oh gosh this is a good question too jane um okay one album um probably stevie wonder songs in the key of life Ooh, that's a good one um, something you'd like to learn if you had all the time? Uh, I'd like to learn how to garden without actually killing everything. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, you should follow Julia. Julia Atkinson's doing that, you know, studio home. Um, she's doing her um, studio home gardening and she's doing that. Mm. I interviewed her a few months ago and she's trying to get people who want to be able to garden to show them that it's not this secret world that's too scary to be part of. So um, I'll show you her stuff as well. Um, and your favourite New Zealand biscuit? Um, don't really eat biscuits, but I do love home baked Afghan. Oh um, yes, yeah, that's my favourite. Not something you can buy in a package, but I do love an Afghan. Love it. Yeah. Um, that was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on your Thursday morning. Uh, tell me what you're going to go and do right now. Well, I think my friend Dean will be getting it out of the car any minute. Oh, so yeah. I think it's arriving from Auckland and um, we're doing a shoot today, actually, or organising a shoot. So, video shoot. So, I'll be talking to him shortly and throwing my arms around him in a big hug. Amazing. Hugs are the best at the minute, eh? Because yeah. they, lots of people in the world can't have them. So I am relishing all the hugs I can get. Um, Fiona, thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's been really lovely to talk to you. I love your bedroom too. And you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> My granddad's hat is right there. Um, and we will chat very soon. Yes. Okay. Bye.